This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And we actually have two guests live in the studio with us today. It is, of course, state election season. So um, we are talking about parties and politicians who are running on an environmental platform. So with us, we have Muda's Banda Utama candidate, Abby Lim, um, who is going to be facing the seat's incumbent, Jamalia Jamaluddin of Pakatan Harapan, um, alongside Garakan's Nur Alif Muhammad Tafid. Um, joining her in the studio, we have Abdul Razak Ismail, who started... Um, actually really ideating the Green Party back in 2010, I believe, um, and is here representing that party, talking about, you know, kind of pulling together a political party based on green issues and the environment. So those are our guests. Uh, You are also going to be hearing questions, actually, from people like Aidil Iman Aidid, who's a climate justice activist, Shakila Zen, who's an environmental activist, and Shakib Shahril, who is a former climate finance youth focal point to the UNFCCC. We want to hear from you, though. Is the environment an important issue for you politically? Do you have a question for Razak or for Abby? That number to call, 7733-2900. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at the FM Radio. Abby, Razak, thank you both so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thank you for inviting us for for this program. So, um, you've both adopted a focus on the environment, of course, in your politics. Uh, Why is this important to you? Abby, maybe you start us off. Well, environmentalism is a fundamental aspect of my campaign because I believe in the urgent need to address the environmental challenges that our community faces. And to me, environmental issues are not distant problems anymore. Um, If you're looking at Malaysia close to home, there's floods, heat waves that impact crop yields. They directly impact the health, well-being and future of our residents. And that also leads up to air pollution, traffic congestion, irresponsible development. Those are pressing concerns that, if left unattended, will exacerbate the environmental degradation. So my approach is to this campaign is like an inverted pyramid where we tackle the issues at their root to prevent further damage. If we don't address the traffic or in highway projects now, our air quality will continue to deteriorate, affecting the quality of life for everyone in Bandar Utama, for example. Raza? Yeah. Uh, the world has been talking about climate, climate changes, all these things, you know. But then in Malaysia, especially in Selangor, we see our ruling party, you know, a bunch of uh, politicians. They couldn't care less about what's happening around, you know. We still have problem of people logging, you know, and then later on they blame the God, you know, sending a lot of water down and then cause the flooded, all these things. So we need to have a political willpower, especially the ruling party, where either whether it's the state government or even the, at the federal level. Uh, that's what we've been thinking, you know, a Green Party saw that there's no willpower, uh, you know, by the ruling party ruling government in 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 apa in uh, in a way to 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 reduce the climate changes in Malaysia or in Selangor itself so abby you're actually running um, on this platform in your in your constituency um, tell us about the specific promises that you're making so i focus on i'm focusing on three main manifestos the first one is people first urban planning so creating cities 
based on what people want, not based on a few developers. And second one would be holistic environment. There's been overdevelopment, not enough green spaces. And if we're looking at animal welfare, it's not been addressed as well. And the last one would be structured governance. So all of my policy will be based on these three manifestos. And why do you think heading into politics and platforming these issues in this particular sense is the best move for you right now? Well, um, let me echo Razak. I've also seen a lot of lack of political will and also lack of urgency in Malaysia. And my decision to enter politics is driven by my experience as an environmental activist and when you know I was abroad. So I've witnessed the sluggish pace at which governments, not just Malaysia, respond to environmental issues and necessary changes are needed. And while frameworks and policies are important, they need to be translated into action for real impact. And I'm well-versed in these frameworks, and I want to see them in action now. Stepping into the political arena provides me with the opportunities to turn all these words into outcomes. And by becoming part of the decision-making process, I can advocate for effective policies that address climate change and environmental concerns directly, rather than relying solely on external pressure. Reza, so we've not actually had a party in the country that centers environmental issues. Why do you think that a political party with this specific focus is needed? Uh, as I told you earlier, uh, I don't see a, a politician, you know, whether they are the ruling party or even the opposition, you know, talking about, you know, uh, to, to have an environmental uh, way of life, you know. What they say is about, you know, don't use plastic bag, you know, that type of, you know, pity, pity things. Uh, none of them talking about no logging. Uh, none of them says that, you know, we got to save the forest. Uh, you all cannot just simply whack the forest reserve. None. Mm-hmm. Either the political, the, the, the ruling party or, or the, even the, the opposition. So I think it's about time, you know, we have a, a, a specific Green Party like what I'm trying to, to form right now. Even the ROS have not allowed us to join this particular election. We are thinking of going to some of the sensitive area, example, uh, Bukit Charakah uh, in the dome of, of what, Kota Angrit, or even uh, Lagong, Lagong Forest, where we have Templar dome. So these are the places that we need to to maintain, you know, to, to, to take care of the forest. The worst scenario is that uh, way back in, 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 in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, how dare the state government allow a two-ringgit company develop a, a, a place called Kuala Langat Forest Reserve to a, a, a one or no, no, sorry, a one-ringgit company. Yeah. So you see that they, they have no value of that particular forest, but then they are just talking about development. But then we saw that they are giving to one ringgit company to run that type of forest. Mm. So I think someone, you know, Anwar Ibrahim or whoever, you know, have to look into this. You know, you cannot uh, saying that you create a portfolio of uh, climate changes in Putrajaya under Nick Nazmi. But then down the road, you no, know, the the actual fact there's nothing been done to to stop the climate changes at all. That's why my my point here, you have to have a. a, a Maybe uh, Muda, you know, if they are up, uh, AB uh, been, been, been elected uh, after this, uh, this Saturday, maybe it's about time for her, you know, to come and sit down with, with Green Party and we talk about, you know, how to... I see what you're trying to do. You know, something like that. So the, if not, we are not just talking about, you know, uh, environment, uh, mm-hmm. all this type of thing, but then 
there's no commitment by the state government, either state government or the federal government. So Razak, you mentioned ROS because you had initially planned to run, right? This was talked about earlier in this state election. I think earlier this year was something that you yeah. mentioned. Um, and as you brought up ROS, what have been some of the other challenges in getting uh, the party off the ground, getting candidacies going, campaigning? Uh, right now, we we saw that that uh, they have not allowed us to come in, you know, because uh, sometimes they see about this forest, there's a, a uh, Istana involvement. So because of that, you know, we, we cannot touch this type of thing. So, but then we, we see that they, they cannot keep on giving us excuses, you know. You know, the royalty, uh, you know, in Pahang you can see, you know, all this type of thing. Uh, even though we are not supposed to say about the 3R or this type of thing. But then there must be a, a, a political will by the politician to say about this. Mm. Regardless whether the 3R, ke, 4R, ke, PW, XYZ, you know, it's... No, no. It's environment. It's about environment. None of us apa uh, experience ataupun belajar dari pengalaman banjir di Sri Muda. Mm. None of them. You know, all the sudden, suddenly, the, the whole town. You know, within few hours, no, uh, flooded right up to the to the roof. You know, that type of thing. And then we we saw the the what called the Kedah uh, the landslide. Huh? The Kedah Mount, what was that? Gunung something. Mm, yes. You know? All of a sudden, the people at the ground, the kampung, the ground, just get flooded just because you all grow the uh, Musang King, something like that. So there must be a, a system, you know. Uh, government should, you know, invite environmentalists to sit in the board of, you know, in a portfolio of uh, environment, Alam Skita. You have to be there. You don't look at the angle of uh, the, 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 the trees, the, 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 the timber, uh, generate income for the, for the country. You know? But at the end of the day, when flooded in Bentong or Rauk, you know, the cost of, you know, to, apa, to, to pampasan the, the people, you know, mm. you know, is more than the income you get it from the, from the selling of timber, all this sort of thing. So we we'll, we'll got to balance up, you know. Yeah, uh, that's from my view. We're going to take a deeper look into some of these issues uh, with us in the studio today. Uh, you just heard Abdul Razak Ismail from the Green Party and Abby Lim, Muda's Banda Utama candidate, who is running on a environmental platform. Um, let us know, do you have questions for either of them? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond Frivolous Mishmash, BFM 89.9. It's 5.20 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. In the studio today, we have two guests, um, Abby Lim, Muda's Banda Utama candidate, and Abdul Razak Ismail of the Green Party. They're here together because we're talking about politicians running on an environmental platform, prioritising green issues. Let us know, do you have a question for either of them? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So we're about to get to some voice notes that we uh, solicited earlier, but before that, um, Abby, Muda itself does not necessarily champion climate change as a singular issue. Um, how does your green stance work within the dynamics of the party? Especially, um, I'm thinking of things like uh, issues around 
cost of living, for example, come up, issues around development are areas that other parties might be prioritising. So Muda does have a climate-related policy within their manifesto. And one of the, you know, one of my main reason for contesting is actually because I want to raise the awareness that climate justice and social justice is intertwined, and especially including with economic development as well. And in Muda's manifesto, it states that the environment should be prioritised over development. So Muda is not against development. We are only against irresponsible development that ignores the needs and concerns of the people. And the best example that affected Banda Utama is the PJD link. Initially, this elevated expressway was you know, branded as Kidex, and it is a project that was never considered or discussed with the people at all. And there was this uh, there's, the, there's this independent study conduct, conducted by the Say No to PJD Link Group, and they found out that more than 90% of residents are against the project. Yet, till today, the re- agreement report is classified under the Official Secrets Act, Act and the three assessment report, EIA, SIA, TIA, you know, are kept away from the public. And the project may be seemingly cancelled now, but it is not buried. And that is why we need this transparency so that in the future we do not have a project that neglects the people's needs again. And Buddha's commitment to transparency and community engagement aligns with my green stance and my goal to ensure that environmental considerations are at the forefront of development decisions. So we did say that there were we got voice notes from various um, environmental activists. So first up, we actually have this from Idil Iman Aidid, who is a climate justice activist. Mm-hmm. While the federal government has given a lot of emphasis on climate mitigation, what are the focuses of state governments or members of state assemblies when it comes to building resilience against the challenges of climate change? Abby, would you like to tackle that one first? Sure. There has been a lot of frameworks, a lot of guidelines. But if you look at you know, the Paris Agreement, loss and damage, and all these different frameworks and guidelines, we need to focus on the implementation of it. What are the actionable actions that you know, the current government has done? And yes, there are frameworks, existing um, guidelines, but there is a lack of urgency. And Frankly speaking, we don't have much time. And if you look at you know, the Paris Agreement, the goal is 2030, 1.5. But where is the urgency in Malaysia? Razak, if I could uh, redirect that question to you. So the, the point is focuses of state government or members of state assembly. So for you, what would you like the focus to be from a Slango point of view um, from the state assembly when it comes to the environment? Okay, we look at the Auditor General report you know, in March uh, this year. No, Laporan Ketua Audit Negara, LPAN, shows that, you know, in the report that 40 out of 76 location of forest reserve was not taken care of by the forestry. And then at least four or five uh, location of this forest reserve was encroached to grow plants and rearing cow and goat, all this sort of thing. So you can see that there's no seriousness. Mm. We'd be expecting the forestry to take care of our forest, but then again... You know, if we talk about forestry department, as previously I was, I was, I was given to understand, the Menteri Besar was also interviewed here a few days ago. I mean, a week ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we are talking about twenty-seven quarry been allowed to open at Lagong Forest Reserve. How is that? You know, that is a forest reserve. You know, yeah. Well, how come you a forest reserve? You you allow them to operate a twenty-seven uh, up. Um, 
27 company to operate a, a foreign uh, quarry. And the worst part is that, you know, government then couldn't care less about that forest. Instead, what he said, that Menteri Besar said that, you know, he's uh, interested at the industry which require the product of the quarry. Uh, that is the priority. So it shows that, you know, the government, the state government doesn't, couldn't care less about the forest itself. What they are looking at, you know, is a, a commercial value of the quarry product. That's one thing. Another thing that I, I would like to highlight you that is that how come they allowed ECRL track cutting through the, uh, the state park at Ulu, Gomba and Serendah? If, you, if they understand the, 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 the meaning of, of, of state park, State park is a place where you you know you allow the the you know the 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 the, the animal uh, the fauna and need to grow you know but then they allow the train to cut through so what's the meaning of this they should have consulted the environmentalists maybe we can divert you know at some other area not going through the the, the forest so as what I I mentioned to you there should be a Ombudsment, you know, either Green Party or Muda, it's become the ombudsman mm. to advise the government, uh, either the state government or the federal government under Nick Nazmi, you know, uh, that that this is what we 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 look into this, you know, we have our proper satellite to monitor uh, where's the you know the logging have been done all this type of thing, so you come back to us because the 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 NGO, you know, the environment NGO, they have their capability of you know. To, to to give you proper advice. Uh, that is my view on this. Idil also actually has a follow-up question uh, specifically about forests. Our forests are important carbon sinks and support systems for communities and biodiversity. So what are the policies being championed to improve forest governance, especially since forest governance are under the jurisdiction of state governments. Uh, so, Raza, you covered what it is you'd like to see. Um, Abby, what policies are being championed when it comes to forests? Well, um, state land is, is governed by state governments, we know that. But at our NDC, Malaysia's NDC, it states that Malaysia has a 50% forest cover. And I, I did speak to Idil once, and we were talking about how the label of virgin forest is not included in the 50% forest cover. So that is something that we really need to um, look into when I'm elected. Right now, I can't really do much, but yes, I can speak out on issues. But definitely, it's an important issue that we need to highlight. Uh, let me add uh, something here. Way back in 2010, you know, the late Tansri Khalid Ibrahim, you know, Pass a bill in in the Dewan Assembly uh, to have a moratorium of no logging for 25 years, but then that is just for record. They keep on whacking the the forest, you know. Kuala Langat Utara. We talk about Lagong, you know. We talk about Bukit Cerakah, you know. How dare in Bukit Cerakah, you know? If I can comment on government stand, you backdated the the declassification of the forest, you know. They claim that the previous government uh, approved the degazettement way back in in the year of 2000. But then you gazette it at 2023. You know, 
It's 10 years period. There, how do you know that, you know, that that gazette was being there? Why is so difficult to have a public hearing, actually? Pendengaran awam. Apa masalah dia? You know, let us speak up. You know, everything. Don't allow the the public hearing to be uh, melengkapkan laporan, you know, melengkapkan proses. Let us talk and then we give you the evidence why we say that you cannot uh, deforest this place because of this A, B, C, D, E. That is much more uh, better than, you know, you bulldoze, then you get working from the A- NGO. With us today, uh, we are talking about politicians and parties that are running on a green position, a climate change environmental position. Uh, we are joined in the studio by Abby Lim, who is Muda's Banda Utama candidate, and Abdul Razak Ismail of the Green Party. We will return for more of your questions, which, by the way, you can send to us. If you have questions for either of them, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Budding Fresh Ministers, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's coming up to 5.38 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. In the studio with us today, we have Abby Lim, who is Muda's Banda Utama candidate uh, in the upcoming state election. We also have Abdul Razak Ismail of the Green Party. And together, we are talking about politics and particularly politics running on an environmental platform. So, if you have questions for either of them, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. So we actually have listener questions, but before we get there, I wanted to ask you both. Um, this is, I, I, I'm sure you're both tired of this question. Um, is the environment sexy? Do people want to talk about it at this point? Because I know that there is a lot of urgency. I understand that. Um, but I think that there is also equally people who want to know what their politicians are going to do for them. How many jobs will be created? Will there be housing? You know, those sorts of things also have a wide appeal. So right now, is there really active interest in the environment? Uh, from my ex- past experience, you know, uh, not many people really get involved in, in these environmental mat- matters, all this stuff, especially, you know, some of them couldn't care less mm. the way I look at it. You know, the lower income uh, people, for example, you no, know, they couldn't care less. You know, people saying at that village place, all this stuff thing, you know. It's, it's a normal for them to have that trees, all this thing, you know. When you chop it down, also, it doesn't make much difference to them. But the way I look at it is the middle class, you know, who have everything. They have, they have a big house, they have cars, they have children, all this. They are the, the people young concerned about this environment, you know. They talk about these carbon things, all this type of thing. They talk about flood, for example, yeah, uh, about uh, uh, climate changes, all these things. But the normal laymen, I doubt it, they, they are interested in this. Couldn't care less. Or, uh, sad to say, lah, couldn't care less. You cut the timber, got nothing to do with me. As far there's no flood in my place, you know. Mm. You know? Uh, to them, that, that's it, yeah. But then, in the long run, you know, people, for example, a middle class in Bukit Cerakah area, uh, Setia Alam, you know, uh, Alam Budiman, that type of, of people, you know, they care about their, their, their surrounding. You know, they want to have a forest where can they go hiking in the evening, bring their family, uh, you know, into the jungle in the forest. It's different now, you know. People in the town is going into the hutan. 
mm. just for trekking all this sort of thing. But people at the kampung, they couldn't care less about their hutan. Yeah? It, uh, it's a norm to, to them. So basically, uh, to get people to come in, uh, talking about environment, to fight for forest or river, whatever, you know, will come from a, a, a people yang really look into that environment issue. Yeah? So I, I got tough time to even uh, get uh, members of my uh, my party, for example. Yeah, uh, they said, what do they get from, you know, apart from we yeah, are fighting for this? You know, what 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 did in return what did they get? Mm. Talking about forest, what did they get actually? So it's a bit tough to to explain to them. You know, sayang the hutan, all this type of thing. It's very tough, but just a matter of time. You know, we we give them more information about environment, you know, then they might come and, you know, come back to us, you know, and say, okay, Raza, what you say is right, but then doesn't benefit us at all. Yeah. Uh, itu je masalah yang I saw about about talking uh, about environment to the layman. Mm. Okay. Well, I really want to reiterate that climate change is really not a rich people issue. It's not an elitist issue. The ones that are being affected the most are the poorest and the most marginalized. We can see it in the floods, 2021. Yeah. The rich people, they're staying on hills. They can, you can relocate anytime they want. But it's sad that, that that knowledge is not there yet. And I don't think there's a blame game to play, but climate education is really important. It all stems down to education and any sort of awareness. And I feel like being on this platform, running in the PRN, is one of my main things. I want to bring up that urgency. I want to bring up that education. I want to try, I want to be that holistic um, perspective where people can see that climate justice is intertwined with social justice, social justice and economic development because it all relates into, you know, a whole circular system. If we look at the floods, why, why is it flooding? It's because of, you know, deforestation, because of all these greed by the businessmen. But people most of the people still see it as a natural disaster. I mean, when we talk about natural disaster, it's going to be like, you know, oh, um, it's just bad luck or, you know, maybe um, it's God's sign or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm not an atheist. I, I believe in God. It's just that sometimes science and facts are, are there and we can't be too ignorant of that. So we have a, another voice note. This is from Shakib Sharil, who is a former climate finance youth focal point to the UNFCCC. Uh, here it is. How you balance mitigation and adaptation, the mitigation solution is not helping um, over the years. And what I think what we need is adaptation. Uh, if you look into Klang um, back in 2021, it's, it's not even good. So is there any policies or any action plan in your manifesto to cover on this matter? Abby, maybe we start with you. Okay, so if we talk about flood mitigation adaptation, it all stems down to urban planning for me. And this emphasized that, you know, development should be for the people and not developers. Because if you look at building more highways, building more roads and less parks, less trees, that actually affects the entire ecosystem. There will be a heat island effect. There will be, you know... Um, where will the water go? The drainage system will be blocked if there's no proper waste management system. So urban planning is actually very, very important, especially to cities like Bandar Utama. And one of the huge, huge uh, barriers for mitigation and adaptation is funding. Does the state government have that political will to actually put forward that amount, which is not 
a big amount, but at the same time, do we want to lose six billion instead when we could have mitigated with a few hundred millions? So it's about look, looking at the long-term effect instead of short-term. Razak, did you want to weigh in on the subject of uh, adaptation and the need for that in terms of climate change? <clears throat> uh, basically, as what you mentioned about mitigation, yeah? I, I don't know how, how efficient is that mitigation, you know? You're digging up the river, deepen up the river, you know? After some time, if you still have people logging at the Hulu Sungai, you know, the, the other side, you know, so it come back to the square. The silt will come again, and then the 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 river will be will be apa chete, you know. Mm. Uh, then after some time, heavy rain, all this type of thing, panji. Another time, one more round. I was I was staying in Sri Muda long time ago, thirty years ago, you know. Every ten years, that that particular town will have the same problem. But then, uh, to enable us to minimize the impact, you know, uh, you should have to uh, a proper uh, pond, for example, you know, uh, uh, make sure that the, the, the palm is in order, you know, a standby palm, whatever. You got to deepen or, or bigger, make a bigger monsoon uh, 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 drain, for example. If you go to Sri Muda, when I was there 30 years ago, the drain is still there. You know, the small drain is still there. When you make a development surrounding, uh, adding a few more housing projects. So I don't see the, the planning, urban planning is not good. Mm. Especially when we said about uh, how to avoid uh, uh, a clock drain, for example. You, know? you have to make it a bigger rain, drain. As you know that no, now the water, now the drain... Uh, come down with a uh, with a uh, huge volume at at, at one short period. Okay? So who is looking into that? Who's looking into the monsoon drain? Who's looking at the uh, pond? You know uh, what they call it? Uh, catchment pond. Uh, catchment, catchment pond. Areas, now, yeah. You know so that the overflow from the river can go there instead of going to the house. So who's looking at that? You know I was told that there's new technology now. They can do a underground pond also. Not only the you know. The open pond, there's underground pond. I, I, I heard about them doing it for the stadium Chalam. You know, one of them is underground pond because it's just by the by the side of the river. So something has to be done to, you know, to minimize the the kesusahan by the the locals, no? mm. especially people staying along the river riverside. Abby, uh, Eric wants to know, what about green economic policies? And Selangor State Government. Yes. Well, I, as a non-elected, not I mean, I'm not an Adun yet. I don't have any power to address any of it. But the current one seems to be a good guideline. But, you know, there's all the guidelines are great, but we always just go back to enforcement and also whether it's actionable or not. In the studio with us, we have uh, Abby Lim, who is Muda's Banda Utama candidate, and Abdul Razak Ismail of the Green Party. Together, we are talking about parties and politicians that are based on an environmental platform opposition. We want to know, do you have a question for either of them? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We will be back for more of your thoughts. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Burning for more. BFM 89.9.
the business station. It's 5.49. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And we've been speaking for the better part of the hour now with Abby Lim, who does Bandautama candidate, and Abdul Razak Ismail of the Green Party, um, all about the environment, specifically running on an environmental platform. Uh, if you have questions, send them our way. I think on this side of things... Um, I'd like to actually start with a question from a listener. So Benjamin wants to know, Hi Abby, uh, can Banda Utama be an example of sustainable township to other parts of Malaysia? And what are the steps required to achieve that status? That's a very interesting question that, because that is exactly what I'm trying to do to show that Banda Utama will be where I start and will be this exemplary example of how other cities can emulate all these you know, tr- transition plans um, and sustainable development goals um like you know we have the sdg 11 so it's about showing how we can implement them starting from banal dama and my policies are you know based on again my three manifestos people first urban planning holistic environment and structured governance and people first urban planning emphasize that development should be for the people not developers building more highways does not guarantee traffic congestion will decrease in fact we'll have more cars on the road so what can we do about it for example buses in Banawatama. They're never on time, but that's not, the pro- that's not, uh, I mean, we can't blame the drivers, we can't blame anybody else. It's because there's no um, designated bus lanes. And with that, nobody's going to rely on using the bus as a, pub- uh, as a form of transportation. And then they have to rely on Grab, they have to rely on cars. And that doesn't help with the entire problem with congestion in Banawatama. So to, to, in- to actually improve um, the congestion issue of Banawatama, Steps like a designated bus lane, steps like making sure that buses are on time so that people will be, you know, in their cars and they see buses going by in the bus lane and they're like, hey, taking the bus is actually faster than me sitting in the car. So that is one of the small um, examples that I want to start in Bandar Raza, you've been highly vocal about the degazettment of the Kuala Langat Forest Reserve uh, for development. And in fact, this actually became the the very reason that drove you to formally want to register the Green Party and announcing your intention to contest in the election. Could you talk to us about what you've done to push against this degazettment? Finally, when we have some... uh, demonstration by the orang asli of that Kuala Langat, uh, Utara, because that is their their home, you see? And then later on, a lot of NGOs, you know, coming in and put pressure on on the state government. And then we see that, you know, uh, the 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 party, the 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 the, the huge of pressure, you know, uh, received by the state government, uh, amounting to Anwar Ibrahim and the rest to jump into this this particular issue. So finally, uh, the whole project was cancelled because of the you know, the uproar of the orang asli, the NGO, you know, all this type of thing. And there's a, a petition in online, you know, uh, demanding government to 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 stop this this uh, this development. So that is the hard way of doing things. It should be you know that the government actually should have. Sit down with the NGO, for example, because they are expert in environment things. Yeah? But then it was not. It's not. Well, it was not done, even for uh, a case of Chiraka, for example. You know, two NGO dragged the state government to the court. You know, now finally they lost the first round. 
Then this uh, NGO appealed to the appeal court in Putrajaya. So, as you can see, this particular case is very uh, unique, you know, just because the state government refused to see the NGO for discussion. You see, how terrible, you know, you call yourself a uh, reformacy government, whatever, lah, you know, but then you didn't even able to meet up with this NGO. The NGO has twice, you know, went to 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 uh, to, to to send letters that they want to have some meeting. You know, can we negotiate? You know, uh, come and sit down. You know, what's the, the difficult? Maybe we can we can uh, discuss about uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cutting the, the 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 forest smaller or don't touch the the hiking area, for example, because in that Charaka there's a beautiful lake in it. You know, you know, a very beautiful lake. Why don't we? Uh, you can develop the other side. Don't don't touch this this area. That is what we say that you have to uh, 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 come to 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 a, a situation that we can discuss. But then no, they shut down. You know, they shut down the the opportunity or the door for discussion. That's why I said that you know, if there's no willpower, you know, to to on the government side to have a discussion with NGO, we are not. Saying about the NGO sit into the panel of the you know, portfolio of environment of that state. No, we don't say that. We just off and on. You speak to us, you know. You and you come up with an idea to develop a forest. Ask our opinion. Maybe we have some other alternative. Maybe you don't go through that that forest. You go around the forest. Something like that. You know. But they said they have the majority of two third in Slango, so they whack everything. So that type of approach, I think. Uh, the voters, you know, the, for this coming election, will have to make a, a, a decision, you know, uh, to cast their vote. You know, we should have a, a politician yang will be able to understand uh, the need of the carbon things, lah, the environment, lah, the flood, all these things. But none, as far as I can see, you know, out of fifty-six, yeah, I don't during the the previous uh, previous sitting, not really. I saw one or two speak about environment. No, regardless whether the the opposition or the ruling party, uh, the the worst part, the ruling party, we we are some of them are our friend, but they couldn't. I don't know for whatever reason they couldn't open their mouth on this particular issue. You know they are not reporting to the rakyat. They are reporting to their uh, their, their their political apa? head. Uh, they call it what political master. That's why I look at it. So some of them was not even was not even chosen to this 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 current uh, uh, election. See? Some of them was dropped or something. Then we should understand the situation now. Let the politician represent the rakyat, not represent the party. Political master. Mm. Abby, we have uh, just two minutes left, really. And I think <laughs> that, that was a good note uh, for Razak's message. But is there a message you'd like to leave us with? Oh, we're, we're just as a closing, it. yes. Well, a very short one. Um, I want people to realize that every vote that they vote for someone else, you're giving them your power to represent you, to you know, to advocate for your needs, your aspirations, and you need to ask yourself that for the past few years, have have they been representing you? Have your vo- have have your voices been heard? Have your needs been met? And is your city, uh, I mean, are your communities improving? So I think this is something that I want voters to actually take in and process that for this upcoming election. Yeah. 
I'm interested in this uh, 76 location of forest, forest reserve in Selangor with the size of 250,000 hectares, you know. If you all uh, chosen the wrong, the wrong uh, government, you know, state government, I'm worried about the future of this 76 location. Yeah? As you know that, you know, as past experience, we see they whack everything. They might be able to whack another, you know, 10 or 20 location of forest. See, as I told you earlier, they start whacking the ECRL, you know, cutting through uh, uh, Gomba, Ulu Gomba Forest. We have, they are cutting through uh, Serendah Forest. And also they are now towards Port Klang, they cut through Raja Muda Musa Forest. You know, uh, someone got to say something, you know. No doubt is ECRL is good for the country, but then, then how about the interest of people related to that forest, for example. Uh, wh- what is it you are talking about? Climate changes, but at the same time, you're still working the forest. So someone got to really sit down and talk to PMX, you know, about, you know, uh, this forest thing, you know, and then tell us, you know, if you are still keep on, you know, keep on producing cars every year, you know, producing car, proton, all this, keep on, you know, yearly they produce what? Billions of cars. Yeah. Uh, produce smoke, all this sort of thing. But then, you say, like, it's, it's between, you got to balance up, you know, the, the, the economy and also the you know, environment. The, you know, there's this quote, um, it says that a, a developed country is not when poor people have cars, it's when rich people use public transportation. And I really want people to absorb that. And, you know, yeah. Bandar Utama can be that city. So... Please vote for me okay. <laughs> on this upcoming election. Thank you. <laughs> Abby, Razak, thank you both so much for joining us. That was Abby Lim Muda's Banda Utama candidate and Abdul Razak Ismail of the Green Party. This is the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.